1 Corinthians 16, 9, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, after these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet. Let me say this about a trumpet. This is not in my notes, but let me just share this. A trumpet makes a distinct sound. That trumpet has a distinct sound. This is a distinct sound. It is the voice of the Lord speaking. And here's what he's saying to John. Come up here. God is not opening a door so that we can feel better. This door is a door into a wider, greater sphere of authority. It's in a place of revelation where God is going to show us which must take place after this. But when you see the door open and you hear the voice, that's when you move. So, Revelation 4.1, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. So this is the year of the open door. Last year was the year of the clashing of swords. Talked about that. We reviewed those things that God said to us last year about being a year of warfare. And listen, most of us encountered warfare last year. Most of us encountered difficulties last year and hardships last year. Why? The enemy was trying to prevent us of getting to the place where we were ready to move through the door that God has for us. Another way to say this is this is the time to move through or beyond the door. It's time to secure the door for your future. This door will be a door of hope. So this will be a year that God opens a door of hope and a year of light. And I believe we're entering into a new year. But leading up to this year, most of us have encountered tremendous warfare because God has been positioning us at the door. In November of 2016, at the end of of 2016, at the beginning of 2017, the Lord began to deal with me about governmental keys out of Isaiah 22, 22. And he said to me, he said, you take one of these keys and you go to the strategic places in your life that I'll show you and speak to you about and you pray and you unlock those things that have been held back, those promises that have been unfulfilled, the provision that you were supposed to realize that you didn't realize. And in every state we've been to and every place we preach, we've given out keys, hundreds and hundreds of keys, probably well over a thousand, maybe more than that. Even today, we still, when we talk to people, we will give them a key. And people will send me pictures of those keys, the places those keys have gone. And they'll say, God unlocked this and God did this. And miracles have taken place just out of the message of the keys. Now, little did I know when God spoke to me about a key that 2018 would be the year of the door. But as I began in the fall of this year to look at the Hebrew year and the calendar and what it was saying, I was amazed that this year is a year of the door, the open door. I thought, well, God gave me a key in the past season to unlock and to lock some things because he knew we were coming to a place where we're going to need the key to access the door. So I don't know about you, but I'm always amazed at God, and I'm amazed at how he puts things together. And I think, wow, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know that was what that was all about. But you see, God never shows you the whole picture. The Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in part. So the key that I gave to you last year was to close and to lock the door of the past. There's some things that we need to lock away in the past. Disappointments, hurts, pains, betrayals. There's some things in the past, sin, failure, 
disobedience, rebellion. We need to lock them away in the past. There's some things we need to unlock, but there's some doors that we need to close and we need to lock. I have a series of messages that I preached years ago, and it was called Closing Doors of Access, the doors that the enemy uses to get access into our life. You see, the devil has no authority. He usurps authority. The only authority he has is the authority we give him. Jesus said, you'll tread upon the heads of scorpions and serpents. He said, I behold, I give you all authority. We've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. And the only authority Satan has is the authority we give to him. And what happens is, is when we're disobedient or when we sin, or if there's something in our bloodline that has opened a door to the enemy, that gives the enemy legal right to come in and attack us. Therefore, we have to find where is the door of entry that the enemy comes into. How did the enemy get? So we close those doors of access and we lock those doors. If something keeps reoccurring in a bloodline, in a family, that's generational. There's a door of access that the enemy's using. And we have to get, deal with that door in the name of Jesus. How do we do it? We repent and we come clean. Philippians 3.13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. You need to use the key to close every door of access the enemy has had into your life. And still some have open doors that they need to close. But we're not designating this the year of the closed door. We're designating this year the year of the open door. And I believe God's calling us to move beyond the door. Doors in scripture represent the following seven things. First of all, doors represent entrance. In Genesis 4, 7, if you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now God is talking here to Cain. Cain brought a sacrifice that was not acceptable to God. And because God didn't accept it, he's angry. And God gives him an opportunity to redeem this mistake and to make it right. And here's what he says. If you do well, you'll be accepted. But if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Notice where sin's at. It's at the door. Now, here's what the original Hebrew means. It's like a demon crouching at the door. Sin will open a door for the enemy. I want you to see this. I don't want to give the enemy entrance or access to my life in 2018. How do I do that? I've got to bring my speech, my thought life, and my actions in realign align them with God's word. Entrance. A door always represents entrance. Now, door represents a place of entrance. And the door that God is going to open in this season is a place for you to enter in to your inheritance. It's a place for you to enter in to your promotion. Number two is access. John 10, 7 and 9. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door. By the way, he's the door that we enter in through. Verse 9, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastor. Now, in this chapter, Jesus presents himself as the great shepherd. And he says, my sheep know my voice. If we're going to enter in through the door and he's the door, we have to know his voice. And when he says move, we have to move by faith. Now, I want you to note something else. In John chapter 10 and 10, and we know that scripture. 
The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to see the context that it's written in. We pull that scripture out and quote it separately, but notice the context of John 10 that it's written in. Where are they at? I'm the door, the door, the door. Where's the battle? Sin lies at the door. The battle's at the door. The thieves come to enter in illegally to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So something tells me there's something about the door that we're going to enter into that we're going to live life to a greater measure and a greater abundance than we lived in the past. And if you go back to 1 Corinthians 16, 9, there's a wide door, an effective door that's open. But there are many adversaries. The battle's at the door. Third is opportunity. 2 Corinthians 2.12, furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened to me by the Lord. And Paul said, pray that doors will be opened to us. Doors for the gospel. Doors represent opportunity in your life. Some of you need some new opportunities. Some of you are ready for some breakthrough. Some of you are ready to move through a door. You're ready to move from one season to another season. Doors don't represent transition. Doors represent the end of transition. We're coming to the end of transition. Watch the numbers that come up in your life. And the numbers that have come up in my life for about a year or more has been 11-11. 11-11. I don't have to watch the clock. Just look at it. It'll be 11-11. And then it started being 12-12. 11 in the scriptures is a number of disorder and transition. 10 is a perfect number, and 12 is a perfect number. 11 is the number of disorder. So when I started seeing 11-11, I said, that means there's transition. But when you start seeing 12-12, 12 12 is a number of governmental perfection. There were 12 apostles of the Lamb. There are 144,000. All those are numbers of 12, if you look through 12s in the Scripture. And now I'm starting to see 12-12. What does that mean? That means God is bringing us into a place where transition is coming to a close. And we're coming into a place where God's going to establish a new order in our life. Let me say this about transition. Transition is a stressful place. Because I have to move from what is comfortable, what I know, to a place God will show me. Transition, I'm going to begin to move you from a place you're comfortable. And I'm going to put you in a place where you're uncomfortable. Anybody ever been uncomfortable? And you walk with God. Yeah, that's a God thing. That's not the devil. That's God doing that. And what happens is we know what we're leaving, but we don't know where we're going to. Joshua 3, 4, you've not been this way before. So that's stressful because we want security. We want stability. And many times we draw our stability and our security out of what we do and not who we are and not who he is. Well, what will happen if I don't have this income coming in? How will I pay for my daughter's tuition? How will I make my house payment? How will I pay the car insurance? Well, who gave you that check to begin with? Does that come from man or does that come from God? Deuteronomy 8, 18. uh, He's the one that gives us the power to get well. See, God's trying to get us to a place of total trust in him. That's what we mean by living under an open heaven. But living under an open heaven means that I have access to the Father. I live with a continual understanding and a realization of his presence, that in his presence there's fullness of joy, and that when I live in his presence, he is all that I need. He is everything that I need. He's actually more than I need. He's more than enough because he's not just Jehovah Jireh. He's El Shaddai, the Lord who's more than enough. He wants us to get to that place. 
opportunity. How many of you felt like you've had some transition going on for the last season of your life? Life's filled with transition. Now, listen, transition means that God's going to take you from one place in his presence to a new place in his presence. God's going to take you from one place in your walk in relationship with him to a greater sphere and a greater understanding of who he is and a greater dimension of his presence. The fourth thing that a door represents is revelation and invitation. Notice this in Revelation 4.1. We read it in our text. A door standing open in heaven. What do I mean by revelation? I will show you things which must take place after this. And God begins to show the future. The word revelation means, means an unveiling. God began to show John the culmination of the ages leading up to the glorious coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to see this, that there's a door. And this door is a door of revelation. Now, if you're going to enter in to the new season that God has for your life, if you're going to move through the door into a place of opportunity, you need revelation to know how to move through the door, when to know, move through the door, and how to navigate that place of entrance. We need revelation. When you walk through a trial, a time of difficulty, instead of just rehearsing the trial and making it bigger, ask the Lord, give me revelation. Show me, how do I navigate this? What is the strategy I need to come through this? How do I overcome in this season? God will show you. He'll give you revelation for your situation. But notice, secondly, it is a place of invitation. Come up here. One translation says, come up higher. Glory. God's calling us up. What did Apostle Paul write to the church at Ephesus? He said, we sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We sit in heavenly places. We're seated with him. He says that he hath made us both kings and priests. You're already a king. You're already a priest. Has, past tense. You're already ruling with him. You're already in the heavenlies, communing with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Come up here. This door that God's going to open this year is a door to come up. A door of revelation. A door to come up. An invitation for fellowship and intimacy. It's a door to draw closer and nearer to God. To understand and know his voice in a greater dimension. To walk with him in ways you've never walked with him before. Come up here. Number five is power. Doors represent power. Acts 14, 27. When they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. This door is a door of power. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see power in the church again. The power to heal, the power to save, the power to deliver, the power of the Holy Spirit moving and working in our midst. If we went back in the history of this church, we would hear of miracles and power and we would hear of all kinds of things related to this kind of power. Well, God's not a God of history. God's a God of now. He's the ever-present help in the time of trouble. We need his power today. He opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. Now, here's how we need to pray. God, open a door of faith to Greenwood. We need the power of God. Number six is deliverance. Now, I want you to see this. Now, we talked about 1 Corinthians 16, 9, an effective door. But there are many adversaries, and the adversary is at the door. Do you see that? John 10, where's the battle? At the door. Where do we hear the voice saying, come up here? At the door. A door standing open in heaven. Come up, and I'll show you things which must take place after this. Now, I want you to see that there's going to be a battle at the door. 
Now, we could very easily make this the year of the gate because gates and doors are used many times interchangeably in Scripture. And I want you to look back into Scriptures and you can see that at strategic times in Scriptures, when there was a door that needed to be opened, when there was a gate that needed to be opened, that they were angelic beings that God sent, those allies in the battle, the messengers, the watchers, ministering to the heirs of salvation, those ministers of the Lord, angels came and they unlocked doors, they unlocked gates. Notice this in Acts 5, 19. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. You remember they'd been shut in for preaching the gospel? And the angel didn't say, escape to the next county. Run to the airport and get out of town. He said, go stand in the temple and preach the gospel. See, man can try to shut you down. The government can try to shut us down. Corruption can try to shut us down. The enemy can try to shut us down. But there's an angel at the door that will unlock the door so that you can preach the gospel and do what you're called to do. There's going to be a battle at the door, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I'm not even focusing on the adversary. Why? They're allies that are coming in this season with me. They're watchers that are coming. They're messengers that are coming. There's warrior angels that are coming. And they're going to join with me in the fight. And we're going to see deliverance in this season. This door is a door of deliverance. Number seven is a door of protection. Exodus chapter 12. It's a story where Moses tells the children of Israel to prepare for the death angel that's about to pass through. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts. And on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. And when the angel came and he saw the blood on the doorpost, he passed over that house. And the firstborn in the house that didn't have the blood applied to the doorpost was taken. But in Goshen, where the Jewish people were, they had taken and they had put the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel of the door. And when the death angel saw the blood, he passed over. Come on, somebody. All we need to do is take and put the blood on the doorpost of our hearts, the doorpost of our homes. We need to cover our children with the blood of Jesus so that when the enemy comes, that he'll see the blood. And when he sees the blood, he has to pass over. If you ever wonder where we got that scripture that the enemy can't cross the bloodline, that's where it is right there. So we have to apply the blood. There's power through the blood. There's protection through the blood. And we need to learn to apply the blood to the doorpost and the lintel of our houses so that we can receive this protection. I would encourage you in this season to read Psalms 91. Let me end with that verse. Verse 1 and 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him, I will trust. God wants to move us through the door this year. It's a door of opportunity. It's a door of protection. It's a door of power. And I didn't put this in there, but it's a door of promotion. See, when God gets ready to bless you, he opens a window. I want to live under the open windows of heaven. And I plan to. How do you do that? Well, you obey God's word. That's how you do that. If you don't obey God's word, the windows are closed. That represents blessings, but door represents promotion. Our bishop has designated this year as the year of awakening. I was sharing some of these things with him. And one of those things is, is this is a time and a season that we can expect a visitation of God's spirit. God is not visiting us to restore us to the glory of a past season. God is visiting us to set us up and position us for the future he has for us.
The purpose of visitation is always to bring us to that point of entering through the door. We can't move through the door without the visitation of God's Spirit. And He's going to empower us in this season. So I am ready. I feel the anointing in this place. I am ready to experience this visitation because it's going to set us up for the future. But get your eyes on Jesus and get your, get, get your faith fixed on what he's about to do. He's going to visit us this year. He's going to visit this city this year. He's going to visit this nation this year. God's not finished with the U.S. God's not finished with us. Listen, when this thing is said and done, you're going to watch him. He's going to reshape nations. Because for more than a decade, we've been focusing on the 1040 window, praying, interceding, crying out to God. There's a revival right now. There's probably a million believers in Iran fade away but God's going to visit those places and places that have been strongholds of the enemy for decades and years and been held through 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 corruption and wickedness God's going to visit those places and they're going to shake the very foundation of that place and the and the chains and the shackles are going to come off and God's going to raise up a pure bride in those places and it's going to completely turn those those places around you're going to see such power and demonstration and anointing poured out in this season you're going to be astounded at what God does there's going to be such a move of God's spirit and the prophetic is going to become so clear and so so precise that we're going to say there's no way that they could have known that there's no way that could have happened there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and let me tell you what God's about to do in this house is this all right he's about to bring some prodigals home I don't know what happened, why they're not here, but they're coming home. And when they do, we're just going to say, come home. Come home. We've been waiting on you. We're going to be like the father with the prodigal son. We're going to run down the path, put our arms around them. We love you. We're here for you. This is your place. This is your home. Let me put the ring on your finger. Let me put the robe on you. This is the year that we're going to see prodigals come home in Jesus' name. And I'm going to prophesy and tell you some have left this assembly and they've gone to other places. But they're in places where there's no outpouring, where there's no move of God's spirit. And they're so desperate for God and so hungry right now. God is speaking to them. Some of them are having dreams and God is speaking to them in the night. And they're going to hear what God is doing in this house. And you're going to see people begin to come through these doors to experience the, the water that God's about to open up as a fountain in this place. And they're going to drink from that water. And people for years who have been in a dry place in a desert place in a hardship place God is about to open a window and he's about to pour out a rain like we've not seen before and there's going to be a fountain opened in this place and people are going to drink from the fountain and they're going to say I'm thirstier now than I've ever been but it won't be a thirst out of dry and desperation it'll be a thirst that says I've got to have more of him stand to your feet and give him praise tonight hallelujah hallelujah father we bless your name tonight. There's such a presence in this house. Mm, open up a river and let the rivers flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Confirm your word with signs and wonders following. And I pray, Lord, that out of this house, you'll send fiery evangelists all over this city. They'll win people to Jesus in the laundromat. They'll win people to Jesus in the hallways at the rehab Hospital, they'll win people to Jesus all around this region in the mighty name of Jesus.